Welcome. Take two, as per usual. They didn't know that. Oh, sorry. Uh, take two. Welcome to Trivial Cahoots. Here we are again. Back in studio. Back in studio. Making it happen. I hope you enjoyed the uh, live experience. Live experience. You can actually find that. If you go onto SoundCloud, you can listen to the whole uh, show from last week. The Nolikna Man, uh, Your Only Man uh, show is uh, on SoundCloud. Go and look for Your Only Man. Yeah, or Trivial Cahoots one. and you'll find it. You'll find it. Um, I'll post it on the blog later today. And our guest today in studio is James Morin. Hello. Hello. James Morin, writer, comedian performer hmm. is that it is that all you got yeah that's all it is. that's good enough that's fine student of life <laughs> no oh yeah skip it definitely skip it is there anything else that you do do that would be like really fun to tell us about like a knitting or baking or mm. what are your hobbies uh, what are your pastimes what are your likes what are your dislikes um i play the piano okay quite oh. a lot that's a good one what kind are you more of a classical pianist or rock pianist I play rag, you know, ragtime music. Yeah, I play a lot of that. Really? Mm. How, what got you interested in ragtime music? I think we just had a book in the house because books are really expensive. Yes. So I just want to play whatever's in the house. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we just say, we seem to have a lot of it because I think my it's that thing of like you inherit books. So we had my granny's books. And okay. I guess it was like popular. And your mo- yeah. and your granny was a big ragtime I think gal. Was, I think it was just music. That was just like the popular music at the time. Yeah. What, it, what is ragtime exactly now? It's like a march, you know, march music. Yes. And then you syncopate it. Right. But I don't know what that means. You kind oh. of speed it up. It's a little like, it's a little jazzy in its tempo, I guess. Like, I guess I kind of think of ragtime. It's sort of turn of the century. There was a musical on Broadway called Ragtime, which was all about ragtime music. Yeah. And it's... It's sort of a transitional time, sort of from the late teens into the 20s, kind of, mm. of music. Is this when, because they were playing a marching band tune on a piano, mm. that then they would, um, because to play, because there's less instruments, yeah. that then they would syncopate, as in they would put the, the bass lines slightly off so, um, to where they were normally. What I actually heard was that it was because a lot of people had really badly tuned pianos. Oh, really? And they wanted music. It was like to play in pops, yeah. and they wanted music that focused more on the beat than on the notes. Oh. So, yeah, and so it's very, like, it is a good beat. It's very um, danceable, kind of, and, and boppable. I yeah. guess you can easily bop around to it. It's fun music, actually. Yeah, I like right? it. It's actually a great genre to have up your sleeve if you play an instrument. Cause yeah, I think so. People don't judge you as much if you were as if you're playing like a, a rock song. Yeah, people don't know what it's supposed to sound like. <laughs> yeah. So a friend of mine back in school, um, he sang this to me one time, and I can't remember <laughs> how it went, but he just said there was such a thing as ragtime classics, and then he sang like you know Vivaldi's Four Seasons, but in ragtime, and it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Ragtime classics. I have to look up ragtime classics. Did he again. sing it? What language is Vivaldi's first season written in? No, he was just singing the tune. Oh, okay. But it was like he was tapping at the same time. I was like, that is hilarious. It is <laughs> like I also classics. think of ragtime a little bit as having kind of like a, a marching band aspect to it, which I know it doesn't really, but that is kind of the like yeah the vibe it is a little bit. I think a, that's where it comes from. Yeah, I was. They just sort of are messing around with those tunes. Yeah. Yeah. It is fun. Okay. Well, next so, time. Ragtime experts. Yeah. James Warren. Add that to the CV. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. Bam. I love that. Uh, there was something I saw on the way here. Uh-oh. I thought, oh, I should. Oh, do you know you what I saw on the way unsee. here? Was snow on the hills. Oh, isn't it look beautiful? Uh, yeah. There's a little bit of snow up it there. It looks great. Yeah. I kind of want to go up there and play around in it. Not that there's that much of it. Yeah, there's not much of it, though. No. But it looks lovely. I was walking in Hoth over the weekend, and from Hoth Head, you could see, and it was just white covered mountains across the other side of the bay. It was lovely. That is magical. We went up once when we were young, and we had a baby bath that we used as a sled. Yeah. And that was fun. That is, that's a good one, a baby bath. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good sled. We, when I was growing up in Connecticut, we had, um, a lot of sledding 
and tobogganing and uh. we'd go over to the golf course cause there aren't any trees really around, you know? Mm. So it's relatively safe cause sledding is hugely dangerous. Is it? Yeah. Cause if you, once you get going really fast, like you really cannot control. The only time I had a bad sledding accident was when I tried to control, there was a group of trees at the bottom of the hill. And we all just were sort of bailing off the sleds before we reached them. But one of these I was on, it's called a flying saucer. It's basically like plastic, very shallow, low bowl kind of thing, you know? You sort of sit inside, tuck yourself in, and you just fly down the hillside. Great fun. So you try to stop yourself, and I stuck a little foot out, but it flipped me around, and I carried on going backwards and just went right into a tree backwards Mm. and flipped over and sliced my lip and... It's grim. It's a dangerous activity, mm. but it is so much fun. Yeah. I built a sled once. Oh, yeah? Um, myself and some friends were away in Donegal and with intense snow, and and we didn't have a sled. Or a baby bath. Or a baby bath. And so I got this crate, and then I was, like, hammering bits of lino on, 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 on the bottom <laughs> of it. And my friends were like, you cannot build a sled. Like, you can't just build a sled. Were you in someone's house? Like, were you ripping apart yeah. somebody's house to build a sled? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I ripped up their floorboard. <laughs> okay, it was just stuff that I found in the shed. And when they came back from the shops, they were like, well, I didn't think you could do it. But that is an impressive looking sled. Didn't work at all. It was yeah. terrible. Oh, <laughs> it did not no. go anywhere. It's hard. Like, you need specific snow for specific types of sleds. Like, not all sleds will work in all types of snow. Mm. Um, like ones with runners, you know, like the old fashioned ones that have those metal Ooh, runners. Oh yeah. Like a toboggan. Yeah. You can't use those on snow that's very soft and wet. Right. You need kind of a yeah. harder, icier Ooh. snow. Yes. Uh, which is also I more painful. I toboggan down the Alps one time. What? Yeah. It was incredible. It was uh, a friend's wedding in the Austrian Alps. And, uh, the you have day, the best friends. The day after the wedding, um, we went and had dinner up the top of a mountain and then uh, tobogganed down one of the ski slopes. And there was like 50 of the wedding party all tobogganing down at the same time, just hurtling down the mountain. It was brilliant. And I was talking afterwards to a chap and it was, it was just saying like, there is no time when I wouldn't want to do that again. Like, yeah. it, could be, it could be four in the morning, uh, you know, I'm asleep and someone knocks on the door and says, hey, Mark, do you want to go tobogganing down the Alps? But, yep. Absolutely. Let's, Let's go. go. Get I'm in ready the car. for it. Let's do it. Um, James, what's the best wedding event you've ever been to of similar magnitude I've never or been surprising? To a, a wedding. You've never been really? to a wedding. What? Well, James is quite young relative yeah. to us. So I think I was at one when I was 13. Okay. But I didn't know anyone. There was no tobogganing. Uh, I was at a wedding. Um, it wasn't a, it was like a, they got married in Australia and then they came home. Okay. And they had a non-wedding event. Yeah. Right. That was it. You've been to a non-wedding event. A non-wedding event event to celebrate a marriage. as a god. Yeah. Well, I wish I'd known that last year, James. I could have passed off some of my weddings to you, maybe. Yeah. But I've never been to a wedding where there's that kind of, like... I've been to weddings that are sort of weekend-long events, you know, where there's something to do all the time. But it's always the traditional, usually meal or drinks, and then the wedding the next day. But never... I, I guess I haven't been to that many really great destination weddings you know, where there are events like that, where you're taken to a place where you do something out of your... Yeah, well, a lot of people were skiing um, and stuff, but uh, I had no experience of skiing and didn't want to spend one the one day I was there, like, learning how to ski and failing. So you so, sat in the hot tub? So, no, myself and Larry Ryan went for a nice walk. Lovely. <laughs> that was it. That's like what a we did. pair of Everybody gents. Everybody else went up skiing and we just went for a nice walk and a chat Good. in the snow. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. It's very, yeah. very romantic. Yeah. Although I got on the ski lift and that freaked the hell out of me. Yeah. Well, getting on and off ski lifts, unless you're used to it, is a very scary... Because things are moving and people are moving. Like, it's a constant... Yeah, how does it work? I've never been on It's those. a constant moving. And you're on skis, which are hard to sort of navigate anyway. And usually mm-hmm. there's someone right next to you because it's two or three, sometimes even four people, to a chair. Mm-hmm. And you all have to kind of... There's maybe a 10-second gap between chairs. So... The chair in front of you goes off. You all on your skis have to push forward, get in a perfect line, make sure everyone skis that you're not falling over each other. Mm. Wait, the chair sort of comes behind you and scoops you up and then off you go. And then you pull the bar down and you sit up there and there's a little place, you know, rest your feet, put your Mm. skis and then getting off, you have to raise the bar in time. And then you all kind of get pushed off down a little hill 
so you do get used to it, but it is that the nerves coming up to the front of the line mm. and knowing that there's a huge line behind you and people are waiting and you don't want to be the asshole yeah. who falls over and stops the chairlift and yeah. you know, well, this, wasn't even, this was our, our ski lift was like a, an enclosed cabin kind of thing. Oh, okay. Kind. Yeah. Yeah. Was but there? just like, I don't know what you're to get off point. Like James, like James Bond, Bond is attacked in, you know, just like a, a like a little um, pod. Okay. A little pod that you mm. can sit in with a cl- and you can close the door. And You're like not just you, sitting on a seat out in the open. You okay. can face three and three sort of. They have those all, uh, in Europe much more than they do in the States because it's much higher, like much mm. farther to go. And usually the weather tends to be more inclement. Yes. It was actually the distance to the town as we were descending the mountain. Just you could see the town from so far away. Yeah. So much higher and it, it, I couldn't handle it. Yep. Oh, really? Yep. Do you have a heights issue, Mark Canton? Mm, occasionally. Mm. Not a lot, but yeah, occasionally I'll get freaked out by heights. Interesting. Um, James, are you a heights person and do you like roller coasters and that kind of thing? Um, no, but I think it's more a balance thing. Uh-huh. I think I, go, I can't go on swings. Oh. Um, and I was on, you know, Oculus Rift? Yeah. You know the thing? Yeah. And I was on one of those. And it was a roller coaster? Yeah, I just did one on my phone the other day. I've yeah. got the little fake, you yeah. know, like the cardboard box that Google's yeah. selling for 15 But I can't do it. My I husband's into it. I couldn't stomach it. Really? Yeah, I got up to the top of the first hill, and then I had to rip it off, because I knew I was going to get sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I felt a little sick, actually, doing it yesterday. Yeah. Maybe that's why I still feel nauseous today. Of Because like, I love a roller coaster. Oh, uh, yeah? But there was the loop-de-loop version, and I think... Cause you don't feel like you're on it. It's that funny thing of like, yeah. uh, you know that you're standing on the ground, but there was something about doing this whoo, even on solid ground and watching mm. the images flip around that I went, Oh, I don't actually know if I can. That's why driving the bus driver never gets travel sick. Yeah. Or any driver it's, in any car. Yes. Yeah. It's because they're making the movements. Yeah. They're uh, in control of it. They're, yeah. They, they have a, um, a feedback between their hands moving, changing stuff, and then changing direction, whereas you don't in the side of the car. You're just like, why am I moving in this direction now? I'm not moving any <laughs> limbs to go this way. And your little ear bones inside are freaking out, trying to keep everything together yes. in yeah. your head. That was actually one of my, when I went to see the bodies exhibit years ago, one of my favorite things was the teeny, teeny, tiny little bones in your ear that basically keep you from falling over all the oh, time. Yeah. But how tiny, tiny and delicate they are. That's always... You know, in, we're talking about general knowledge generally in this show, and that's always one of the things. If where in the body is this? Oh, I guess mm. the ear. Is it the ear? Yeah, because the ear's <laughs> got so many tiny bones. Yeah, that, so all these little parts. Yeah, have have you ever been on a giant roller coaster, uh, James? I was on one. I think it was it was very old. It okay. was like a, a hundred years old. It was in America. And it was like one of the last wooden roller coasters. Oh, was oh, it in wow. Coney Island? Um. No, okay. I don't think I was there. They have an old, they have an old wooden one of those. Anyway, go on. And they're sort of easier going. Yeah, I think because there's no upside down and there's no. Yeah, yeah. Like it was back when the technology was still. Yeah, but early. also like I find the wooden ones a little bit scary as well because you just think the whole thing could fall and crumble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like weather damage and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. But I, I guess I felt like it was historic, so maybe yeah. they put a lot of work into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, maintaining it. Yeah. And also, at a certain point, you've just got to put yourself in the hands of the universe and say, well, <laughs> if this is the way I go, yeah. what a way to go on a roller coaster. Um, I don't actually know the answer. James, do you have any shows or anything coming up? Um, Are you working on any projects at the moment? Uh, I'm going to be in a show Oh, on the 6th of February. Saturday oh. the 6th? Friday, yes. Saturday, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, what's uh, that? It's called "This Is Public and Sexy." It's, <laughs> it's I like it, uh, and it's been run by two curators called Kate Strain and Rachel Gilborn. Oh yeah, yeah. Are, are you doing your own material in that? Yeah, they've oh, sort yeah. of given me a prompt, a brief. I, yeah, oh, what okay. is the brief? Um, it's an interview with uh, one of the parish priest. I think he's a parish priest who lives around the area. Oh. It's about an hour long. I just listened through it. Um, and then just sort of looking. They gave me the press release as well. So Did he know that yeah. he was going to be in something that had the title of sexy? I think so. They're pretty... Okay. I, they, they're pretty open about it. Okay. James is a, is a very funny um, stand-up slash performer. Um, like sometimes 
I would watch you and I'm I'm not even sure if I'd call it stand up. Oh yeah. Cuz well, cuz it's it's you know, it's different. It's not something that you've seen before. What would you call it? Um awkward talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's some very funny stuff and at first, you know, you can be like, is this is this guy crazy or does he is he trying to be funny or I don't know what's going on and then you're like, "Oh no, this is the joke." I get it now. <laughs> now I'm laughing. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, very funny. I never know what people think in the first minute of... of <laughs> but that's care. kind of the point, though, isn't it? To sort of get people to not feel comfortable with knowing what's happening, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Because um, that is always the funniest thing when someone yeah. is unintentionally ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Um, but the problem is that I've seen... So once I was at this event and there was this poet who got up and he had the worst poetry I'd ever heard in my life. But I was thinking, maybe this is the joke. Yeah. And I was really tempted to laugh. <laughs> to support. But I was thinking, if I laughed and it wasn't, it wasn't funny. It's, yeah. It's, it's crushing. It's crushing. Where, it's way worse than not yeah. being laughed at if you're trying to be funny. Yeah, that was it. So in I, a subtle I, way. Yeah. I was at a, a wedding over New, on New Year's Eve in Cork and... Of all the weddings I have been to, it was my first proper Irish country wedding, you know, where it was okay. full mass, back to the hotel, big dinner. And the Michael Collins band, which apparently is a very well-known band in the southwest of the country, was playing. And this was a big deal that the Michael Collins band was coming. So they came in after the dinner and started setting up. And they had a massive setup with proper rigs. And they had huge lights, like theater lights. And they had a smoke machine. And they had like huge speakers that they were setting up. Like They were rigging um, full, giant scaffolding behind them with a huge sign of their name. And they were sort of youngish looking dudes. I'd say somewhere in their thirties and they had sort of skinny jeans and flannel shirts on. And I was like, this is kind of like, this is, they look sort of a little bit like hipsters or a little bit like this could, this could be really fun. You know, Mm. that they do Irish weddings, but they're probably really good and a bit funky and a bit different. They open their set. They've all gone to change into black slacks, probably from Rex and Spencer's, and these matching sparkly tops, but they all have different sparkle design oh. on the front of them, and they're wearing bow ties. And, you know, they start off doing some Irishy sort of songs, like Galway Girl and that kind of thing. And it's all very, um, there's a lot of keyboard okay. action, yeah. you know, and he's got one of those keyboards you wear as well that's the little oh, wow. flat one. Guitar. Yeah, guitar. And, you know, the guy, the lead singer is trying to get everybody up and he's like, where's the mother of the bride and where's the mother of the groom and trying to get everybody dance together. And there's big circles forming already. And it's like, this is so great because this, they're, you know, they're doing the Irish country wedding thing, but this is not really what they're like. <laughs> this is just like a riff on the Irish country wedding thing. And eventually they're going to get into like yeah. some good stuff. Never happened. No. Nope. It turns out that that is just... That was what it was. This is shit band. Why the hell <laughs> yeah. were they called the Michael Collins band? I, who knows? I mean, did they, were they themed either on the rebel leader or on the third astronaut in the Apollo 11 mission? That's probably what it was. Probably, yeah. yeah, probably third astronaut in the Apollo 11 mission. <laughs> I, it, it is weird because also where we were, where we were in Cork was very near the site where Michael Collins was ambushed and killed. <laughs> so it was all very, um, apropos yeah. of, of what, I don't know, yeah. but yeah. funny. I learned a lot. Speaking of learning a lot, um, it's time for the quiz. James, you are, we're all playing on this together, but we're going to okay. go through the yeah, questions. So on no pressure. Card. But if you know the answer, shout it out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to be polite. Yeah. First question is geography. By, by tradition, a minimum, of, a minimum of six what are permanent, permanently employed at the Tower of London. By tradition, a minimum of six what are permanently employed at the Tower of London? Guards. Must be guards of some kind. Corgis? I, yeah, you wouldn't. I mean, would oh, you call- what are those guards called? Like the beef eaters. Beef eaters. Why are they called beef eaters? It's a, isn't a hat called a beef eater? Yeah, but why? I don't know. It's the yeah. big furry hat, right? No, yeah. that's not beef eaters. Oh. No. I can't remember but what But that's what's on the gin bottle. Yeah. I only know what things are based on alcohol bottles. <laughs> no, that's the, no, they're not, they don't have the big furry hats. I know that because that's the most, um, uh, famous hat and the most famous name, but they're not, they're not the same. Well, it looks like we just got another <laughs> trivia question. Could be beef eaters, 
but actually, I think there's like employed is maybe means it could be the guards, but I think there's like ravens or crows in the Tower of London that get paid six, yeah, six of them, six at minimum of six. I don't know. So I wasn't there's even a that thing far about off of in corgis. the Tower of London if the ravens ever leave or the crows ever leave that the British Empire will end or something like that. Mm. So they have to pay them to stay there so that the British Empire doesn't <laughs> yeah. leave? Is that the I mean, yeah. end? Is that the... I don't know if they, you'd really call them employed. Or minimum of six horses. But horses don't get paid either. I think employed, yeah. if it is an animal, I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah. Because I feel like animal? you can't pay an animal. Uh, I mean, maybe that yeah. brings us to a lot of animal rights issues, but... I don't think you can pay. You okay. Can own an animal. What's the answer? I just checked the answer. It is ravens. That is baloney. Well, maybe they get paid. <laughs> maybe they do get paid. Maybe they maybe have, they get paid in kind. Maybe they get fed. Maybe they're on the uh, PAYE uh, of <laughs> yeah. the Tower of London. Yeah. You know, um, James, have you ever been to the Tower of London? I I've seen it. Okay. I've Wait, which, it one on is it ta- which one is it? It's it, it's down. Uh, it's sort of it's, East London. It's pretty mm. far east. And it sort of looks very unassuming, actually. It doesn't look like one tower. It's got four little tops. Okay. Yeah. It's a square building. It's not building. very towerish. No, it's not very towerish at all. It's more of a castle of London. Yeah. Is that, is that one of those trick questions? You know the way that you know the way everyone thinks London Bridge? Yeah, yeah. which that's, is... Apparently that's in New York or Texas. It thing? was, yeah, a Texas guy bought it, but he thought it was that beautiful bridge that is there actually, that is known no, as Tower Bridge. According to QI, no. He did know that he was buying oh, okay. London Bridge and not Tower Bridge. London Bridge is falling down. Um... Tower of London is yeah, it's like it looks it's like more like a castle. It's not really, but it's where everyone goes to get beheaded. To get what? The, beheaded. The Tower oh, of London. Right. Mm-hmm. And the nephews of Richard the Third were kept in the Tower of London. Yeah, oh, I've never I've never seen it. I thought I saw it. Anne Boleyn was um, murdered there, as well as her supposed lovers. Uh, we're now looking up Beefeater hats. So oh yeah, they're little they're little porcupine these ones. These are my favorite Beefeaters. <laughs> Painted nude ladies. Painted nude ladies. But yeah, they're 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 the just red Google image beef eaters. Yeah. I don't know what the furry hat guys are called. Uh, they're the guys who are outside are just, Buckingham Palace yeah, and fainting all summer cards. long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's good that we've all learned something. Um, the crown jewels are also kept at the Tower of London, oh, so yeah. you can see the crown jewels when you. Oh, and the yeah, but you have to stand on the walk-in. Yeah, you get a moving walkway. Mm. Oh yeah. So you can't lick the glass. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, I we went when we did the big our first big family trip to London. We did all the all the touristy things. Oh yeah, um, but it is. And I lived in London for two years, and you never do any of the touristy things. I mean, I don't do them in Dublin either. I guess. Yeah. You know, and it's not like I spend a lot of time in Dublin's museums or the Kilmainham Jail. Yeah. Which is basically Dublin's Tower of London. Yes. There was a people lot of put there famous people there. <laughs> put there and died there. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in this auspicious year, mm. let us not forget. Yeah. Um, I just read a book about the uh, making. Well, part of it was based on the making of all the programs for the 50th anniversary okay. of the Easter Rising. So it was really interesting to kind of hear what people were doing back it then. It is weird, as somebody was saying on um, the internet, on Facebook, why... 1916 it celebrated so much mm. as opposed to yeah war. 1921 or 22 yeah when was it 22 was it independence yeah well i guess we have a kind of fade to it fade to independence really yeah don't we it's kind of i'm never really sure i was thinking about it as well because uh my father and i are writing a book about dublin together and oh, really? yeah and we were because he lived here in the 60s okay. for three years um and obviously it was a very different place mm. than when i started living here and so we're writing a book about it, but we're talking about the sort of big holidays. And America obviously loves to celebrate our big holidays. And the 4th of July being the huge one, really, that everyone celebrates. And Ireland doesn't really have that, but the Easter Rising is kind of being treated like the... But I guess yeah. it's because it's not about independence. It's really just sort of was the start of it all, I guess. Because a well, lot of people don't agree that the country is independent, right? That's yes. The, I mean, that's what somebody else was saying I can say that because I'm Facebook. American, so was because the north you know is not is not part of the republic that therefore there's never really been total independence mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> um so that's why we don't have an independence day we we have a we we <laughs> some a, fellas a week long celebration day. of people and it wasn't yeah. even successful 
No. And no. not even popular at the time. No, people... But it was popular shortly after. It was popular shortly after, apparently, when yeah. everybody got killed. Yeah. Yeah. That's when people were like, actually, the Brits suck. Yeah. Once they started killing people. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Let's crack on to entertainment. What were bedtime, birthday, cheer, and friend known as? What? Yeah. Um, I don't know what? either. <laughs> what were bedtime, birthday, cheer, and friend known as? Were they Care Bears? <laughs> yeah. Do they have names like that? Are no. Bedtime bear? Cheer. They have Cheer Bear. Are they characters? They probably had or Fire Bear, Friend Bear, and Birthday Bear. I don't remember they, Birthday they, Bear or Bedtime I, Bear. They have capital okay. names. Okay. Capitalized names. Um, so it's not like one word has to mean all those things. No. Okay. I'm guessing, yeah, they were characters. Or they could have been and days it, it or... it is entertainment. Ships, maybe. Ships? Care Bears is Prayers? the best I've heard so far. What did you say? <laughs> I said Pray. prayers. Prayers? There's a bedtime prayer. Birthday prayer. Birthday prayer. Cheer prayer. I've never heard of a cheer prayer. It would like cheer you up. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Say a little prayer to... Uh, yeah. Rah, rah. Go fight. <laughs> um, it could be My Little Ponies. I don't think there's a bedtime. Bedtime is a weird... Yeah, it's actually... It's the first answer that you thought Scare Bears. Of. Care Bears, yeah. Is it? Bedtime. You just bear. said Scare Bears there, Annie, which is a totally bears. different... That's a totally different situation. <laughs> yeah. the, um, Scare Bears. The Care Bears. My, I, was, I really liked the Care Bears when I was little. They were huge in the early 80s. I remember that being quite a joke. Oh. As in, only little girls are going to like Care Bears. So I, that was a good punchline. Do you know well, what Care Bears is? You were a little girl. I was a little girl at yeah, the time. Yeah, so that's fair. Um, but, like, but I think that's very gender specific. I think you're enforcing gender issues on well, I, little girls. I did when I was nine years old anyway. Uh, so, you know, it would be good. It would be good slag on a friend to say, mm. oh, you going home to watch Care Bears? Or I don't something. think that'd be a good slag. <laughs> Even at the time, no, no, isn't it? Got, I got plenty of laughs from that back in the okay. day. That was some good material, just slagging people about watching the Care Bears. Yeah, I remember going to the cinema to see the first Care Bears movie. Yeah, I think I saw the first Care Bears movie. Of course you did, Mark Hendon, because you secretly loved them. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I did watch. I the guess Care Bears there film. was a bedtime bear. I liked. They had the little plastic figurines that were about six inches high made of the Care Bears and whatever thick plastic they were made out of, it was incredibly satisfying to chew on the ears or the feet or the hands. I remember that, mm. like that feeling of your teeth on that soft plastic. I really liked that. I was like a puppy chewing and there's something about the smell of them as well. I mean, mm. hugely toxic. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had a cancer screening your, recently, yeah, but like, yeah. <laughs> hence the <laughs> twin coming out of my neck. You're familiar with the Care Bears though, James, are you? Yeah, I've seen... You know, on YouTube, they have those videos that be like reviewing old cartoons and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's that's my experience. That's, that's what you do yeah. on a Sunday evening. <laughs> yeah. That's what what were the reviewers saying about the Care Bears? Uh, he wasn't very fond of them. Really? Yeah. Is he more of a My Little Pony man? I think he's a man's man. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? He was more of a <laughs> Thundercats. Yeah. He man, this is some guy like some huge butch guy saying, "Yeah, I watch them man. <laughs> I just love that this like huge, <laughs> huge butch guy is sitting down, being like, "I'm going to watch all of the Care Bears, and I'm going to have an intellectual opinion about them." Yeah, good. <laughs> we all just looked at each other like, "Well, no, that's, that's all we can say about Care that." Bears covered. <laughs> all right, let's go on to history then. What, what section? Sorry, what section was that before? Entertainment. Entertainment. Okay. What color turtleneck did Steve Jobs black. usually wear when introducing ding, 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 new ding, ding, Apple ding, 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 ding. Black, 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 black. James said yes. first. Yeah, I'd answer before that. You yeah, are, yes. James, okay. James said, said black, it first. I think yeah, so, we said yes. you could shout it out. Yeah. Did you see the Steve Jobs film recently? Yeah, I really liked it. I liked it too, yeah. I enjoyed it. My sister hated it. Why? I don't know. She just watched, she just read the Steve Jobs book. Mm. And I think she just found the movie a bit um, pedantic, maybe. A bit kind of... Yeah, just kind of like plotting a little bit, sort of samey, samey, make this guy into a little bit of a hero and blah, yeah, blah, true. blah. Well, I thought it was interesting because from that point of view that uh, different people are going to come to the film with different, because um, some people love Apple products yeah. and some people don't. I don't use them myself. And so I was just trying to 
at each point imagining someone who loves Apple watching this film yeah. and being like, well, he's great, you know, mm. despite. I did. I thought it was going. interesting, though, just the idea that there was somebody who in a field at that time when every idea could have been taken into account, he was so strict about just being like, no, this is what it's, this is what it's going to be. One thing, one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. And just so streamlined in his thinking. Mm, yeah. That is what I find fascinating. You know, the people around him had all these other big grand ideas. And he was like, no, it's going to be one thing. Yeah. The closed kind of thing. Yeah. That's kind of what I hate. About <laughs> yeah. But that's, but I think that's what a lot of people love about them. Yeah. You know, like it's that sort of. And, and that's elite. What, why it becomes such a cult maybe. Yeah. Is because it's like, okay, once you're onto Apple, now Apple has to run your whole life. Yeah. And you must accept that and yeah. so you must love that mm. but I don't know I'm a mix matcher like oh, yeah. I have I'm That's always true. had Apple computers um, and even in schools and stuff but I have an Android phone yeah and I have you know I don't have an iPad or anything like that yeah they're thinking of changing the headphone jack in an Apple product. yes Really? I don't understand what that means. So that you can't have nor any headphones with them. You have to have Apple headphones? Yeah, I think that's the idea. And that would really change it for me. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, because with anything else, you might buy the Apple product, but headphones are just sort of something you have lying Yeah, on. yeah. I also like his idea, and they played this up a lot in the film, that y you have to make it beautiful. Like, mm. the Apple products are really beautiful, as modern as they are. Like, do you remember when those first... When I, my freshman year of college, if you were on, if you got a scholarship to go to the college I was at, you were given a, um, what were they called? The iMac, the iMacs yeah. and you could pick a color. Oh yeah. And it was just like fascinating. You know, it was so exciting. Yeah. I did not have a scholarship to school, but so I didn't get one, but it was like everyone's, a lot of people's rooms had like these jewel tone computers in them. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. I just remember being like, it was the first time that you looked at computers and were like, I want to have that object or uh, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my materialistic self. It was the first time I looked yeah. at a piece of technology and thought my, I yeah. want it. My entirely utilitarian self. I don't really care what it looks like. I just want it to be work. The best. Does it work? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So there's, there's Steve, Steve Jobs, Jobs, but also Aaron Sorkin wrote it. And so, yeah. Know, and he's, it is fun. And Aaron Sorkin, it's just so fast. Just like mm. everything he does. Yeah. You yeah. like what he does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Gotta be my favorite writer. Did you, have you seen everything? Are you that big a fan? No, I've seen West Wing. Yeah. I've seen the newsroom. Newsroom. And this. Did you see and Studio this. 60 on the Sunset Strip? No. Is that him? Mm -hmm. Is it good? First, the f pilot episode. First episode of the first season is brilliant. Yeah. And amazing. Okay. And really like mind blowing. Like, what? This is fab. And then it just gets so bad. Really? Yeah. It's I, I enjoyed it. But what? What uh, it gets so hokey. It turns into a soap opera. And okay. Every issue is fixed at the end of every episode. Really? Yeah. That's disappointing. I, di I didn't not watch it, if you know what I mean. But it was mm. sort of like, what? Yeah. And there's only one. And I kind of felt that way about the newsroom. Again, we watched all three and we did enjoy it. But it felt a little bit like all the characters had the same high moral standards and they're mm. all so smart that like they're the smartest people in the room everywhere all the time. And they're speaking so, and it's a little bit like, you just feel so stupid. And it's like, <laughs> I would never. And they're all so good. You know, yeah. like there's no one who's actually fucking up for like a fuck up up reason. Like they're fucking up for like to save the world. And it's like, oh, yeah, but but like at the same time, people sometimes feel that that's more realistic to have just fucked up characters like in Mad Men being horrible to each other I'm like I don't know people like that like that is not the majority of people mm. that I know are just actually just fucking horrible people just being shits to each other it's like mm. well actually no. even, even you know flawed and make mistakes and stuff but people try to do good things yeah that's true but I think it was that high moral stance that was a little bit I don't know somehow it's better balanced out in the West Wing I don't know why maybe politics allows for that a little bit more I think they're less compromising in the newsroom. Yeah. Whereas in, and you never really see the other side. Whereas at least in the West Wing, sometimes you see Republicans. Yeah. And they're not portrayed as monsters. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Whereas the government really are, I think, in the newsroom. They're pretty they're pretty, deep, pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, they're the big bad guys outside the room. Yeah. That everyone's fighting against. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's also someone that I love to hear talk, is Aaron Sorkin. Mm. Um, yeah, whenever he's interviewed. Yeah. Just his, the way he talks about writing and, and, mm -hmm. and, and what he does is pretty cool. 
Right. The next is arts and literature. Um, who of these is not a member of the Fantastic Four? Oh, I don't know. I won't know this. I think you might. Okay. I mean, I do. I'm not a comic <laughs> book fan and I figured it out already. Mr. Fantastic, the Invisible Woman or Mole Man? I think it's Mole Man. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Mole Man, no? Yeah. It's, it's got to be Mole Man. Uh, I've already seen the film. But Mole oh, Man would make a films. good um, superhero, He'd I think. He'd improve it. Yeah. I think that would be sort I of guess. cool. It would be kind of cool. I, it just makes me think of Mole Man from The Simpsons, you know? Oh. Um, mm. mm-hmm. Is his name Mole Man? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Mole Man. <laughs> yeah. Or something like that. I he saying. is a Mole Man, basically. That's why he's called that. <laughs> this is Mole Man in the morning. I think he was just, you know, he was a very minor character, which I presume they could just call Mole Man. And then, <laughs> then they needed to give him a name. How come radio presenters in like a lot of shows are depicted as like sort of like sad losers? A lot of the time. <laughs> like, there's lots of... I was just thinking we were watching Parks and Rec the other night. And there's, like, the Pawnee guy. And he's like this all the time. And then there's um, the uh, the SNL with Molly Shannon and Anna Gasteyer. And they play, they play the ladies, the NPR ladies. And they're like, so... But they're talking about, like, they're just really, you know, baking things. And there aren't any, like, awesome... Yeah, but... Alan Partridge. <laughs> yeah, but aren't all... They're all comedy characters. They're all comedy characters. Or that is true. they all going to be losers? That is true. Mm. But they're all loser comedy. I mean, like, they're good comedy characters, but they're losers. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I guess, you know, radio is They so, don't find themselves funny. They're not trying to be funny. No. Radio is so ubiquitous in a way and can be on in the background so much that... Did you start to resent it and hate everybody on it? Mm-hmm. And they're nerdy, this American life voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's maybe just Mark's opinion, but <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, comic book fan, James? No. No. Did you like the film that you watched? No. Which one did you watch? The, the new one, the summer? No. The, the past summer? one that came out. When Jessica I... Alba one. I don't know. You don't know. That's how much he hated it. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't seen. And none of them have been well reviewed. So I like um, you know that guy Daniel Klaus. No, he was no. like Ghost World. I like those. Okay. Oh right, yes. the ones that everyone, the ones that people are like, oh, it's not like a real comic book. It's yeah. I don't know what it is. The, the yeah the the ones without superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't really. Or did you read Mouse? It. No. Yeah. My book club read Persepolis last year. Oh, yes. That was good. I've seen the film. I really liked it. Yeah. It was really good. enjoyed it. I enjoyed that. She's an incredibly uh, charismatic character. What's her name? The author, the Iranian author. She's amazing. Actually, yeah. watching interviews with her is fascinating. Oh, really? Yeah. Highly recommend. She wrote some other stuff as mm-hmm. well. I hear they're good. She's really cool. Um, yeah, comic books have never been my thing either. Archie. I used to read a lot of Archie and Veronica, Archie and Betty. What's that? But that was more summer board and they're real American kind of happy day style. Okay. You know, like there's high a, school kids. There's okay. a comic not superheroes. Comic strip in the States, I think it is. Um that was going for like fifty years. It, like like Doonesbury or Garfield or something. But the characters aged year on year. So oh. like the kid, the baby It's a family circus? It could be. I think it might be. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the the ba- you know the baby in the start of it was the grandfather. By the end of the, oh. yeah, by the end of the thing, that's a lot of work. It yeah. is a lot of work, but I guess it's a guy's life work. Was yeah. I made those comics? Yeah, my favorite um, comic. Everything about like comic strips or cartoons, even more than comics, are um, you know the New Yorker, uh, the Chaz Adams, who invented the Adams family. Oh yeah, his I, ones are brilliant. I have a collection of the. They're so dark. Yeah, they're really good. They're really good. They're so funny. There's a few times that there's a those cartoons. Most of them are laugh out loud funny, and they're so simple. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Them. They're very dark though. Like he had a very dark sense of humor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, let us hit science and nature. About how many minutes does it take sunlight to reach the Earth? Eight. 
I was going to give you options, but eight is the right answer. Yes. Wow, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was f- faster. No, eight minutes. Eight's pretty fast, considering how far away we are from the sun. But mm. um, are, you a, are you a solar system no. person? No. Um, I think I just saw... One of those YouTube videos, like science YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. Like, if the sun disappeared, it would take us eight minutes to notice. Um, yeah. James, it, we know what you do on the weekends, I think. Lots of YouTube videos. Mm. YouTube and ragtime. YouTube and ragtime. <laughs> um, I do like solar system stuff. Yeah. I find it fascinating. And also, in terms of sun, uh, my husband and I have been looking to buy a house. And oh, I'm I thought you were going to say the sun. The sun. We're looking to buy the sun. Um, We have so much money. We don't know what to do with it. Uh, And we're looking to buy a house. And the idea of sunlight for me personally, especially living in Ireland, is such a big thing that I want it to be bright. So like how the sun moves around. And in Ireland, Mm. because it's so far north, that in the winter it really never comes above a certain point. So if you buy a house, even if it's well situated, it depends on the houses around you because you mm. could be blocked the whole day from the sun, which is something I oh, yeah. never would have thought yeah. about yeah. before. It goes through um, the point where uh, the sun rises on the winter solstice and the summer solstice is about 90 degrees mm-hmm. indifference. No. If you know what I mean. Is it? Yeah, it, it really changes where the sun rises every day. Yeah, and because it goes in a high arc in the summer and this very low... Yeah. Circle because we're so far north. But even the high arc is not, the sun is never overhead, if no. you know what I mean, at its highest point, the way yeah. it would be when you're close to the equator. It's like still. Yeah. Still over there. Mm-hmm. It's always on the south side. Always on the south side. Yeah. Which is why southern aspect houses have, are worth a lot more money. Uh, do you enjoy the sun? Uh, I, I used to, but now I do. Oh, you do? Yeah. What changed? Um... I think the clothes I wear. Mm. I, I got a summer wardrobe one year and it was just... It Is it linen like, suits? Is it a lot of white linen suits? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really just like t-shirts that I liked, like okay. a makeup t-shirt and jeans. You know, it was just yeah. like, whereas originally I would have... I, I can't really remember what the difference was, but it was like... I just remember always being extremely uncomfortable Okay. in, uh, in summer. Yeah. Would you go on a sun holiday? No. I wouldn't enjoy sun that much. Okay. No but, sitting on the beach kind no. of. Okay. Um, but I, I, like, I would like to be somewhere where it's very hot, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you like a humid, like a wet heat, like a humid heat? No, not really. No, yeah. A dry where heat. Where's the hottest place you've ever been? Um, well, once we were in um, Thailand, we were going to Australia. Yeah. Um, with my family. And that was really hot. Yeah. And it was that humid heat. Yeah. So it was just Wet. like, yeah, it was really weird because you just never felt dry. Yeah. It's so gross. Um, and I was in Leipzig in Germany and there's no, sh- there's no like shade there. Yeah. And it got up to about 34, 35 and the road started melting. Oh, that was yeah. hot. That's yeah. hot. Yeah. Leipzig. That's not a place that I'd first think of. No, but it is like, oh, and you said, where's the hottest place you've ever been? My first reaction was Washington, D.C. in July. Really? Mm -hmm. How hot was it? Like about 30 degrees, but humid. So just that wet. Like when you walk outside, same in New Orleans. I was never in New Orleans at the height this summer, but Mm. even in the spring. You just walk outside and you're like, like you just feel like you took a gulp of water. It's like, and immediately you just see like a little condensation on your skin and yeah. it's crazy. And you're just then, you don't know if you're sweating or what the whole day. Yeah. yeah it's, it's weird to me that the places where, um, humans kind of first built civilizations are so fucking hot. It's like, mm. I don't know. You'd think it would be places where you could actually get out in the day and get something done. But I think if you're like, if you don't have clothes, for example, or ways to heat yourself, for example, like being North would be a real bummer. Like it's much better to be in a warmer climate. Yeah. Cause you can sort of learn to deal with it a little better, but being cold is a miserable feeling. Yeah. Being too hot is bad too, but being cold is particularly mm. like grim. Yeah. And if you yeah, don't have like yeah. clothing, like fleece, wool, well, they had be screwed. a lot of bear skins and shit like that. They did eventually. Yeah. 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 Let us hit sports and leisure. Uh, what rugby star was romantically linked with Charlotte Church when he underwent surgery for groin strain? 
know why. <laughs> groin strain, not even like a groin broken strain. leg. Um, yeah. I, he's a Welsh rugby player. That's true. Uh, but I don't know what his name is. Oh. I can sort of picture his face. Oh, I think he's big into fake tan as well. And sticky up hair. And sticky up hair. We have someone in the room who does who know might, the answer. Who might know the answer. Are you, because he's Googling it? <laughs> is it? Yeah, I think you're right. Is that right? Yeah. That is right, Gavin Henson. With help from the peanut gallery, <laughs> yeah. we nail it. Um, Gavin, are you a rugby fan? No. No. no, no. I no, went no. to a rugby school. Okay. Uh, Where did you go to school? St. Michael's College. St. Michael's College. Where is that? Yeah. Um, it's on Aylesbury Road. Oh, I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And uh, the dark blue and the Monopoly board. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best Monopoly space, so don't worry that, about it. That's not where Larry went, is it? I don't think so, is no, it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm anyway, um, yeah, big, so big rugby school and mm. you were no, no, not, 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 not on the team. Not on the team. Not on the team. No, nor was I. Is it hard to be at a school where most people are sporty and you're not? Um, they, don't, they don't make you feel bad for it. Okay. But if you... There's all these matches and stuff that you're supposed to go to, but if you don't like rugby, it's pretty boring. Right. Yeah. I would also say that um, it's probably worse for the people who do like rugby but who aren't good at it than it is for the people who just have no interest. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's probably harder oh, for yeah. your ego if you're, you want to be, like, into rugby, but you're just not very either athletically talented or big enough or... And you can see where you want to be. Yeah. And you're comparing yeah. yourself. Yeah. yeah that would be and good. all the guys sort of know that you're a bit shit mm. than they are. Like, that would be tough. Frank Skinner talks about that. He's a comedian and he, he just loves football so much but cannot play it. And it's like, yeah, you just... You can see what should happen now. Like, I should kick this over here yeah. and that would be the perfect <laughs> move and just... But sometimes that makes the, the best coaches, direction. you know? Yeah. If you can be inspiring in your lack of talent mm-hmm. um, and be okay with it, that you're not the person out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would find it very hard to, I've always played sports and I always did quite well at them. So I've, I would like, my biggest fear was that I was going to be on like the second team, you know, oh, really? like that was like my biggest. Yeah. Uh, but the idea of being a coach when I was in college was like, why would you just not want to just play? Like, I'd just be mm. bummed about not playing. Like, I just want to be like, give me your stick. I'm going out there myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think as a coach, maybe like being a good theater director as well, you need to just be really happy to let everybody else be up there and take all the yeah. glory. Yeah. I'm not good at that. No. Have you ever um, coached or directed anything, James, and not taken the glory? Um, yeah. When I was, I used to teach this deba- like debating. Oh, yeah. And the, the way it worked was that there was a group of 10 students. It was like MUN, in a way. Okay, yeah. But it was called EYP. And they had to, like, between the European 10 and the... European Youth Parliament. Yeah. But did you do it? No. Okay. But the, between the 10 of them, they have to, like, look at a problem and then solve the problem. So it'd be like, you know, how do we address water stress in North Africa? And the first few times I did it, I was really very heavily, like... You know, good idea, but maybe my idea. You know, here's another way of looking at it. Here's how we're going to do it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And really like pushing and even quite subtly just like responding negatively to. Okay. To like ideas I didn't like. But then by the end, you realize it's like, it doesn't matter what they say. It's just the fact that they say anything. Yeah. And they like get something together. But yeah, it would have been like that. Okay. Mm. Mark Hanton's a little bit like that too. You like to win. I like to win. <laughs> you want to be in it and you want people to know that you won. Yeah, sure. But yeah. I think I think we won the card today, so I think we're all winners. Yeah, yeah. Um, so James, 6th of January, uh, where is the... February. February, sorry, 6th of Feb. Um, 2016. It's, I don't know the name of the venue. What was it called again? This is Public and Sexy. This is Public and Sexy. You yeah. can probably find it somewhere. Is there a yeah. Facebook? Facebook or Not yet, Google Plex okay. or something. There will be. This um, is Public and Sexy. It's on. It's in a community center on the South Circular Road. Um, I think it's called St. Andrews or something. Yeah. Four, four six eight South Circular Road, anyway. Four, there. You've got an address, okay. people. If you can't find it now, it's not our fault. There you go. And anything else? Anywhere else people can find you or your own Twitter or... Uh, I have a Twitter. And Do I, you plug your gigs on that or sometimes? Sometimes. Uh, I have a website. That oh, I only the gigs that you think will be good. What's yeah. the website? JamesMorin.com. It's JamesMichaelMorin. Oh. Dot Tumblr. Dot com. Okay. I've been thinking about buying the domain name, but yeah, because JamesMorin.ie is for sale. Yeah, but I haven't bought it yet. 
Okay, well, if you're out there, folks, buy jameswarren.ie and you can <laughs> hold it to ransom uh, so James can't get it himself. Uh, Mark Hinton, we are in a show together on the 1st of February. Yes. In Unshaw, upstairs from yes. 8 p.m. It's an improv show with our group. Yeah. Um, and there'll be another group on the night as well. Yeah, not sure who yet. Not sure who yet. So, but come on down and... Yes. I've also uh, just released a novella. Yeah. Oh, I saw Oh, I saw. Oh, I saw, says James. <laughs> Say no more. Say no more. <laughs> you can find it on Amazon if you search for my name or The Road Bowler, it's called. It's a lot of fun. You can also find it on Smashwords, which, where you can get it in all sorts of other formats if you don't have a Kindle. It's very impressive. Well, thank you very much. Just um, the doing of it is impressive. Yeah, you haven't read it yet, so it may be terrible. It. it may just be It may be shit, no play, but the fact that you did it boy. is impressive enough to make people <laughs> yeah. want to buy it, I think. It's short, and it's a delightful little read. How long is it? 30,000 words. That quote was from so his you, mother. You get through it fast. You're like, ah, that was nice. You know, it's not like fucking sometimes you're like oh i've heard this is good but it's so jesus long i mean i'm gonna be reading this for months no you read this in a couple of days and you go ha, ha, ha. Ah. right what will i read next <laughs> you know i think there should be more novellas there should you know? be i love a novella i love a short story a good yeah. short story a good novella yeah. but i think also short stories are not amusing enough too i think short stories try to like have this big hit of like <sighs> heavy shit oh yeah whereas like you know novellas can be a bit lighter this is yeah it's like a fun little film Listeners, please write some novellas. Yes. Send us your novellas. Send us your novella. Uh, is that it? That's it. James, thanks very much for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks for coming Finally. in. <laughs> <laughs> James failed to turn up for an episode previously. I didn't I didn't think to mention it until now. But, you know, now that we're all on side, that it was now well that we worth all it won, when it he was actually all happy. came in. Um, James, thank you for turning up. Thank you we'll, for turning up, Mark. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.